I haven't heard uh, the little talk to blurb in quite a while. It's it's been since January since we've done the Slam and Stand podcast. Yeah, Alfredo. Yeah. So it, it's just weird how much time passes. We're basically using this one just for guests. <laughs> That's right. We are using Slam and Stand for Lucha World. It's one of those confu- talk shoes. One of those confusing things where we can't really figure it out. So. That's right. So, uh, Slam and Stan, you are a spent lover, and we're using you as a vehicle for Lucha World. We have a very special guest on tonight, Kevin Kleinrock, who uh, has been involved in quite a few wrestling projects in a very uh, short period of time, and is. Uh, um, trying to tackle what looks like might be his biggest project yet. He still has a couple of other projects mixed in in there too. So, oh, okay. Because he's got the Triple Mania. He's got Triple A also. He's involved in some format. Some form this with cat Triple is All over the place. But this one's the Viva La Lucha. Not to be confused yes. with Viva La Lucha. Viva La Lucha. That was the San Diego. Movie. That was the pay-per-views. That? that was the pay-per-views and the old San Diego promotion. That's right, the old San Diego promotion. And if you go way back in time, it was a really terrible newsletter I put out in the late oh, really? 1980s. <laughs> yeah, really? Viva La Lucha. I think, yeah, I think yeah. that's right. And there was a website also called Viva La Lucha too. I don't know if you knew that. Yes. 
I so, think it was mm, some guy in San Francisco or something that did it. Yeah, it's actually not, not that sure. bad. It wasn't that bad of a, a website. Oh, very cool. Yeah. It was that bad of a newsletter, I can tell you that. <laughs> How bad was it? What were you writing about? Uh, you know, we were writing some about the local scene, the Tijuana shows, when the FMW show came in. Uh, wrote on that. I guess it wasn't terrible writing, but uh, it was mainly covering matches, and it was it was the era where you... It was the era where Dave Meltzer started to become really popular with the general uh, wrestling fan public. And, uh, yeah, I just thought my writing was kind of dry because I was still trying to be careful what to write uh, since I knew a number of people who were local workers who were still very kayfabe. You know, you you, you could... You don't want to offend read, Yeah, you can read between the lines. You write stuff where you would read between the lines but um, how do I say? Uh, yeah, you didn't want to. You didn't want to piss anybody off. You didn't want to go uh, over the line just because. Yeah, you know, it's the indie guys tend to take things even a little more personally back in the kayfabe days, and they were a bit delusional too. <laughs> you know what I was not all at? of them. I wanted to ask you. Um, maybe you would know. Uh, Rob Sari mm-hmm. posted a video of a, a guy from the mid-90s called Antichristo. Antichristo? Yeah, Antichrist from T. I I remember the name. I can't, I can't honestly say I remember him as a wrestler, but no, I remember that name being around. Yeah, because he cuts one of the worst promos ever. <laughs> I think I think you might have heard the whole, whole story of, like, that's one of the whole, old, one of the old videos that people used to, like, bring up as one of the worst promos of all time. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, it's up there on it's on YouTube. Like if you go on Rob's um, YouTube page, Rob Viper. I'll have to check that out and see if he looks familiar. Cause yeah, because it's so funny when I used to when I was younger and used to see all the local lucha guys. Uh, I I always thought, oh man, I'm I'm not gonna forget any of these guys. These characters are so memorable, especially for an indie level. And well, uh, <laughs> now I'm trying. You know, I'm, I'm feel like an old man uh, trying to remember half the names, you know, yeah. that I took photos of but, you know, didn't write down or anything like that. He has, like, this pause when he talks, which is kind of weird. <laughs> but it's, it just makes the interview, it, it makes his promo that much better. <laughs> That's even funnier. That's almost like, like, so bad it's good. <laughs> yeah. I think we have Kevin on the line already. We have Kevin on the line? <laughs> yeah. No problem. How are you? Kevin, you're in Southern California right now? No, I am. Uh, I moved to Northern California. Yeah, right now on. reside. Well, apparently, Toshi thinks you're in Southern California. Yeah, I, I kept my cell phone. It's my oh, okay. same uh, my same eight one eight cell phones I've had for God knows how long now. Uh, so you are I'm, at heart a SoCal boy through and through. No changing that. Always, always. Yes, Van Nuys <laughs> awesome, will always be awesome. Van, Van Nuys in my heart forever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, well. It's great to have you on. You know, we uh, had you on Slamistan once before quite some time ago. And yes. uh, you've had your handful of, you know, God knows how many projects in the last number of years. It oh, sounds like those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, before it sounds like the pinnacle was uh, WSX, but it looks like you're shooting a little higher with the projects you are uh, uh, handling right now. And 
uh, well, why don't you just spill it out? Tell us about it. What's going on? Well, um, we got a couple things going on right now. Uh-oh, did we lose Kevin? I think we lost Kevin. Uh-oh. Come do you back, have any Kevin. El- do you have any elevator music you could play? <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost Kevin. Uh-oh. You know, I think in my garage I have an LP of a... Uh, this is an LP called Fresh Hair, and it's Muzak renditions of hair. Right, on, on the... I think it's right there, but it's, it's, not, it's not working. Uh-oh. Let's see. Kevin, are you on? <laughs> His cell phone must have gone off. <laughs> oh, he's gone now. Oh, no. <laughs> Kevin? <laughs> Kevin, come this back. This is the greatest ever. <laughs> this is have, the greatest... Can... We could sell uh, the the Kickstarter project. It's Viva LA. We could sell that. We could speak for uh, Kevin. Yeah. I think it's more fun to talk about my uh, album called Fresh Hair, which is uh, <laughs> elevator music version of songs from the soundtrack of Hair, all done on the Moog synthesizer. I wanted to ask Kevin if we could Kickstarter our own project, which was going to be explosions to his um, his Kickstarter project. <laughs> yes, I I still like that. Yeah, I think his um, his cell phone must have gone off. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Kurt sings well, he, fine. He, he's <laughs> typing something. Oh, yeah. I. I uh, that's right. What can I sing? You know. Oh, what is, is he sent you something or what? Oh, he's rebooting the phone. Oh, okay. I just checked it on Facebook here, so you don't have to hear me sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because he has a lot of guys who are like from the local scene that are working this um, Viva LA Lucha show that you've seen, Brian Cage. Oh, yes, definitely. Yes. Famous B, I think, is on there. Yeah, Famous B. Ray Rosas. You just saw Ray Rosas, didn't you? I just saw Ray Rosas, and Famous B is a favorite of mine going several years back now. Yeah, really good worker. Buggy Nova. Buggy Nova, great to see her again. Christina Bonieri, a lot of uh, good-looking, goth-looking women. (laughs) The type of woman that Dave Meltzer Meltzer would make fun of us liking (laughs) You know, have they done the emo gimmick? Who? Well, I think I'm pretty anybody. Sure. I'm pretty anybody. Sure. Yeah, it's been around for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think that's how out of touch I am. Yeah, they're bringing in somebody from England also, which is should be interesting. Oh, this sounds like it might be fun. He says he is trying to reboot his phone, having <laughs> some technical difficulty. I, this is actually really fun. I, you know, <laughs> you should just read his. You should tell him to write everything he wants to you to wants us to talk about, and then you can read it out loud on the show. Yeah. You know, exactly. You know, I, yeah. I worst I case start, scenario, we could do that. I better start singing, huh? Well, I think Jack Evans is also going to be in this. Oh no, you that's going to be very cool. You could pick from the AAA guys, like Messias, Jack Evans. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're going to bring in um, Mortis from CMLL. When somebody loves you. Hijo de Rey Mysterio, Pesadilla. No good unless they love you. Pesadilla, not to be confused with Quesadilla. Oh, oh Kurt, come on, don't start singing. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you about this Kickstarter project. Happy to be near you when you need someone to cheer you. Pantera Jr., Hey, you've never seen Pantera Jr. All the way. Who? Pantera Jr. I would love to see Pantera Jr. Yeah, the the son. Um, 
Now, when you were saying Pantera Terra Jr., the son of Pantera, yeah. the one that was really awesome 20 years ago? Well, that's the problem. There were like a bunch of different Panteras. You didn't hear that story about the other Pantera that everybody thought was dead? Wasn't dead? No, I, no, I did not hear that. Yeah, there was. Well, apparently, well, one day um, Cubs fan decides to write about um, Pantera, mm-hmm. about the one that passed away, that supposedly passed away. And then somebody posted it or, or something. And the guy is like, oh, I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> so it's like, it's, so it became this whole big deal about how Pantera was actually alive. So now I'm really confused. I'm guessing right. Pantera, the, the second one. Uh-huh. Yeah. We hear that I'm voice. Back. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, That's okay. Back, we were talking about Pantera Jr. Okay. <laughs> Pantera Jr. is awesome. Yeah. We, we were talking about the guys that you guys were bringing in for this show. But tell us about the yeah. Kickstarter project. Okay, try this again. So uh, the Kickstarter project, um, I guess going back a little bit. So a few years ago um, for Master Public, so for those that don't know, Master Public is uh, a company that is myself and Ruben Zamora, my partner in Master Public. And our whole mission is to bring Lucha Libre beyond the borders of Mexico. And there's no one single thing that that means. Like a lot of people sometimes think, oh, Master Public's a wrestling promotion, but it's not. Um, Sometimes that means putting on shows. Sometimes that means pitching television shows. Sometimes it means distributing DVDs or pay-per-views. We work with AAA. Um, We've worked with AAA in different capacities over the last few years. Now as they're getting ready to move to the U.S., we're going to be working with them in some different capacities uh, than we have been. and as we've, as we've developed projects and as we've done projects, we recognized that there was a need or there was going to be a need for talent for us to pick from whenever our projects moved forward. And while there's a ton of talent out there, we wanted to kind of have a little bit more um, control in the, in the wrestlers that were going to be groomed for us and, and those characters and, and moving them along and, and preparing them. And so we, we started what we've called the Master Public Development System, and that was really tapping into the Santino Brothers Dojo in L.A. and the Pro Wrestling Revolution Training Academy in Northern California. And then most recently, we just added the SAT's Ludus Wrestling School in, uh, in Brooklyn, New York, so we can get our, our hands around some of the, the uh, East Coast talent. And, but as we saw what's happened in the industry over the last couple of years, uh, with AAA, AAA's plans on coming to the United States and, and the fact that they like to bring um, more Americans that fit the right mold into their company. And looking at TNA and the way that they still really haven't done anything to uh, latch on to Lucha and the way WWE, despite the fact that Rey Mysterio Jr. was this huge hit for them and Alberto Del Rio on a, on a different level has been successful for them, they still haven't really been able to recreate the Rey Mysterio Jr. phenomenon. Uh, you know, they took the guy that, that again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, they took the guy that was the biggest draw in Mexico, and they turned him into a mid-carter at best. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you, you it's think, like they—it's like they were making a bet. Okay, how can we totally bury a star? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it, the, the, the two of you can sit there and understand why—not necessarily 100% why it went down the way it did. But if you guys had been booking and looking to bring Sankara in and 
protect him at first and get him over in a particular way and then put him in the matches that made sense, you would have done it very differently than the way it was done. Um, Absolutely. And, and so, you know, we looked at this and we said, you know, we have a need, but there's others that have a need as well. And that need is for luchadors who can transition to the American or traditional, or as, as Sean Waltman calls it, the main event uh, wrestling style. And then we also need uh, American workers or traditional workers who can get into the ring and go with luchadors and showcase and highlight their moves and take their moves and, and work to get them over as well. Um, you know, one of the questions that was just asked to me uh, by Mike Johnson when I did an interview for PW Insider the other day was, he's like, he's like, well, this doesn't seem like all lucha. You know, you've got guys like Adam Pierce involved. And, and I was like, you have to look at what Adam's done over the last number of years with his career uh, when he did that run as the NWA champion. You know, he was in there wrestling in front of thousands of people all over the country against Blue Demon and other big-name luchadors because that's what was drawing for those NWA shows. And so while Adam's not a luchador, I have no doubt that Adam could get into the ring with any luchador out there and wrestle a match that was going to make sense for both of them. And, so and that's one of the things, yeah. One of the points a lot of people miss that Dave Meltzer has addressed uh, several times in the past week is uh, one in, you know, the remembrance of of, uh, Hector Garza is that, you know, you know, there's a lot of wrestlers should be able to work each other's styles because like back in the 70s, you had guys who had no clue about each other's styles, especially in Texas and California where you'd have people who came in like Raul Mata, Gordon and Goliath, who were pure Mexican style, and then John Tolis and Blassie, straight American, but they figured a way to work with each other. So it's something that can be done for some reason. Uh, but I, I like think in WWE, they think it's rocket science or something, where there's where you do have to learn it. There's an art to it, but it can be done. Yeah, but think about it, too. Think about it. I mean, are you... I would venture to say that those guys uh, that were headlining the Olympics back in the day if you put them in the ring with any indie wrestler today, they would be able to figure out a way to have a good match. Whereas if you put two indie wrestlers in the ring against each other today, it doesn't necessarily happen. And it definitely doesn't happen without a lot of planning sometimes. It was just, no, no you're very, yeah, no, that's a very good point. I mean, the way people work are, is very different than it was back then. Yeah. And, and so, so, you know, you have to, you have to adjust with the times and, I think that, you know, I mean, even look at the way that, that the WWE has brought a number of guys out of Mexico to FCW and how many of them actually have lasted in FCW, let alone have a real shot of ever getting to the main roster. And I think that part of what people don't realize or don't think about, and by people, I even mean like people within the WWE, is that there is such a culture shock and such a learning curve of going from just being a top indie wrestler in America to being a WWE-ready wrestler. Look at Chris mm-hmm. Hero. Here's a guy who headlined anywhere he went across the world, uh, you know, Europe and, and the U.S., and he was a main event guy anywhere he went because he's that good. But he has been in FCW now for quite some time, That's and I honestly years. don't know when – he will be brought up to the main roster. So now, now, so you've got that huge learning curve and that huge um, 
timetable. Now imagine taking somebody from Mexico who not only physically has to learn the basics of just the indie level. Like, like they, they're already starting out probably a year or two removed from where Chris Hero, you know, was a year or two before he was even in FCW. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just this huge learning curve just to get to the American indie level of knowing, you know, working to the opposite side, the psychology of understanding that, you know, it's not as much comedy in the matches. Your stuff needs to look more realistic. And so I think that, that WWE does itself a great disservice by rushing guys from Mexico into SCW when there really should be somewhere for them to go and just get that first step of the transition before they go to FCW. And I think that they might then find that they're having more success with transitioning guys from Mexico from FCW to the WWE itself. Um, and that's, that's kind of, again, where this whole Viva LA Lucha concept came from was we need guys that can go both ways. WWE needs guys that can go both ways. TNA, if they were smart, would be wanting to do some more stuff in the Lucha space. Um, and so we had come up with this Viva LA Lucha concept, which is, look, Los Angeles is a, culting, is, a, is a melting pot of cultures, and the idea of this show is it's a melting pot of these styles, and we're going to get guys who are going to be able to move on from uh, Viva LA Lucha and graduate to go to AAA or WWE or TNA or Master Public Projects. Um, and to do that, we're going to be bringing in talent that is up-and-coming talent from Mexico, up-and-coming talent from the United States, uh, from the UK, and we're going to be putting them in the ring, not just against each other and being coached by, and, and again, when I say coach, this is not a reality show. What people will see on television or, or in these webisodes will just be a wrestling show. It'll be good, uh, action-packed wrestling. You know, uh, I like to look at, like, you know, if WSX, hadn't been cut to hell in the edit bay, um, mm -hmm. you know, or, or, you know, stuff that looks like Dragon Gate and Evolve, um, you know, that type of wrestling. But behind the scenes, they'll be produced by, and, and you know, in this day and age, produced means um, they'll be the agents, they'll be working with them to help kind of train them and, and move them along. Um, Conan and Sean Waltman will be the, the main uh, producers. Um, and, you know, uh, really... First off, obviously, I don't think there's, there's not a better guy in the world than Conan to be able to teach people both styles and what mm -hmm. to do in the ring for both audiences. Here's a guy who well, he has you such, know, he has such a unique learning experience in his own career. Started off pure lucha and had to yeah. adapt to American style. And somebody who, I mean, I, I first knew him around that time when he was in TJ, and I never uh, met a wrestler who just studied the business so intensely, not, you know, not just styles, but, you know, looking for things that most people don't look for, even people in the business. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, I mean, I, I think people that listen to the pod, the NLW podcast, they learn so much about his career, but you know, he, I mean, he's, and he's not shy about it. You know, he's like, look, I knew crap about the American mm -hmm. style when I first got here and everybody kind of assumed that I did because I was really from, you know, I was living in San Diego or I was, you know, from, from Florida or, you know, and, and he had no clue how to wrestle that American style, but was getting thrown into major, major matches right away. And so he quickly had to learn and adapt. Um, and then you go to a guy like Sean Waltman, who has 
it had a storied or had a storied uh, career in the American wrestling scene. Um, you know, from the indie level to the WWE to the top of WCW at their height to the top of WWE at their height, then went to Mexico and spent a few years in in AAA. And actually, I was talking with him earlier today. And he was reminding me that, like, even before all that, when he was younger, before WWE, when he was in Japan, and he was training in Japan, the lucha style was very big and influential over there. And so he was learning that style in Japan before he even went to the WWE. So yeah, working with folks like Tejano back then. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so, so you've got those guys. And then you've got a number of top indie talents, like the Young Bucks like Brian Cage, um, guys that want to be part of this because they wrestle that style or know how to wrestle that style and, you know, see the value in, uh, you know, in working with others that are coming up through the ranks of, of uh, independent wrestling and, uh, and you know, see the value in the, in the show and what we're creating. So we're excited to have guys like that on board. Um, you know, like I mentioned, Adam Pierce and, and Chaos and, you know, these guys who can really help to mold and shape um, guys, and you know we're going to produce an entertaining in-ring product in the process. Um, and so we're taking the Kickstarter to raise the money to do the television pilot and eight webisodes. Um, and the reason that we're kind of saying it like that is, you know, when you look at what we're trying to raise on Kickstarter, it seems like a ton of money. $60,000 for a wrestling project really does seem like a lot. But when you break it down, we're going to produce more content than I produced for MTV, for Wrestling Society X, for 2% of what that WSX budget was. Like the WSX budget um, in the end was $3.5 million. And we're going to create more per minute or more minutes of wrestling uh, than we did with Wrestling Society X and for a fraction of the cost. And, you know, when we looked at doing this, it was like, well, if we're going to do a pilot that's going to be an arable pilot, an arable means that we can walk into a network and they could put it on the air tomorrow because it's done, it's in HD, it's got all the high-end graphics, it's got the color correction, the audio mixing, the closed captioning, it's ready to go. Uh, that costs a lot of money when you get down to it. Um, everything just adds up. And so we thought, well, we could go to Kickstarter and we could probably, you know, try to raise like $40,000, maybe a little bit more, just to do the pilot. Or we can, we can raise it by a, a certain amount and deliver basically a whole mini-series um, of eight episodes on top of that. And if for some reason, you know, I mean, look, it's hard to sell a TV show. So uh, I, don't, I don't make any um, guarantees that we will get this on television. But what I wanted to do was guarantee that these episodes would end up being available um, for the public to see. They will get to see them in some way, form, or another but the people that back it are going to be able to see them first. Um, first, via uh, live iPay-per-view, we'll be actually doing the tapings live if you back it at a certain level. And the iPay-per-view experience actually is going to be different than the final product. Like the final product will be the edited product. It'll have the commentators. If you listen in Spanish, it will be uh, the guys from Tercera Caeda and if you, or and, and AAA Fusion. Um, and if you listen in English, it will be uh, Arda Ocal and another commentator yet to be determined. Um, but the iPay-Per-View is going to kind of be more of a behind the scenes of how this television production is coming together. So, yes, you'll see the action going on in the ring, 
but there will also be a camera in the production room where people will be cutting promos. And you'll get to see people being coached on how to deliver promos. Because again, part of this whole transition from Mexico to the U.S. and from the U.S. to Mexico is at least being able to cut basic promos in, you know, your non-native language probably. Um, and, and even a lot of guys that are already speaking English who can you know, use work on their promos and, and becoming better characters. Um, plus, you will get on this iPay-per-view the producer commentary. You'll get Sean Waltman and Conan and their live thoughts about what's going on in the ring, you know, who's ready to move on to the next level, who needs more work where. And that's commentary that's never going to be available outside of that live iPay-per-view. It won't be on the DVD. It won't be on the uh, webisode. That, that's just going to be commentary for the backers to be able to experience. Um, and and that's uh, a diverse collection of stuff you guys have uh, going on. Now, with the Kickstarter, uh, you know, one of the tantalizing things are all the perks that the uh, people who donate uh, get what are yeah. some of the uh, perks, especially when it gets over X amount of money? Um, well, yeah. So, the, so, so that's like the iPay per view thing is only available to backers who back in on Kickstarter. Oh, we've okay, tried yeah. to make it. We've, we've tried to make it really easy for people in terms of if you want to support this. Um, so, number one, you can support by even giving a dollar. Like that. That's the, the we we've accepted. You know what Kickstarter has is the minimum donation of a dollar. So literally, if you just want to see this project get made and all you've got is a few bucks to donate, we will take your few bucks and try to put it towards making this project. Um, the rewards start at $10. Bucks. Um, you know, for $10, you get like some really cool uh, uh, Lucha Libre stickers. But then the prizes, the, the rewards go up. For $15, you're going to get a digital download of the pilot once it's done. Um, the most popular package at this point has been the $35 package, which is the live iPay-per-view um, with like the commentary that we were talking about. Um, you'll get VOD access on WWN Live to all eight of the webisodes before they're ever made public, months before they're ever made public. Um, you will get a vote in one talent from AAA. There'll be a list to choose from. And one talent from the UK to come in and be part of the tapings. Um, which is kind of going to be a fun little thing for people to actually be able to get a say into the talent. Um, and then the, there's a bunch of other, you know, little bits and pieces that go with that too. And then the rewards get bigger and bigger. Uh, tickets to the live taping, uh, exclusive limited edition merchandise from Conan plush keychains to uh, autographed uh, items from Sean and Conan, limited edition Conan masks all the way up to the, the biggest reward, um, other than the corporate sponsorship, but the biggest reward, which is a $5,000 reward, but it's pretty sweet. It is being flown from anywhere in the United States to San Diego to personally sit and view the pilot before anyone else in the world sees it with Conan and Ruben Zamora, the president or the CEO of uh, Master Public. And then after that, head into Tijuana with Conan and Ruben and get VIP access and treatment at a uh, Tijuana Lucha show, the, the real full authentic uh, experience of uh, going to a, a Lucha show in TJ and uh, getting the VIP tour from, uh, from Conan, getting to see the, uh, the world famous auditorio and uh, you know, where so many guys like Conan and Ray Jr. and Psychosis uh, and Hoovy, you know, all, all started to break into the business. So, you know, a really cool reward. Um, and then there's everything in the middle. 
Um, so all the rewards are available on the Kickstarter page. You can see it. You can back it. Plus what we're doing is um, we're kind of giving people a little bonus reward for the sooner that they back. Um, we're going to release – we did uh, in 2000 and – it must have been like late 2007. Uh, we shot a pilot for the G4 network um, called Viva La Lucha, not to be confused with Viva LA Lucha. And um, we went down to Tijuana, and we shot a really cool wrestling uh, lucha pilot. Um, at the time, G4 had uh, decided to do four pilots, two wrestling-related pilots. It was us and Kaiju Big Battle, <laughs> and two MMA-related pilots. And we were all ready to, uh, you know, we were all working on the pilots, and we were in the edit bay actually working on editing this to turn it into the network. And the network head decided, eh, we don't want to do any lucha or wrestling or MMA. So, you know, thanks, but no thanks. So we have this really cool unreleased pilot that's never seen the light of day. So what we're doing is we've now cut up that pilot into the five matches that it was. And every week uh, we're going to release one to the backers of our Kickstarter. So the sooner that you back, the more matches you're going to get from that taping delivered direct to you in your email. Um, the matches were, were pretty, pretty cool. Uh, the first match that we are giving away is a, uh, a six-man tag. It was, um, you guys may be familiar, I'm guaranteeing most of the listeners aren't, but there was a trio from Mexicali called the Diego Boys uh, that were around quite a bit in the, uh, the, the later part of uh, the last decade, like 2005 to 2010. Um, really good trio out of Mexicali, and they took on Los Luchas, Phoenix Star, and Zocre, and Cobra 2, who is TJ Perkins, um, in a really fun six-man tag. Uh, other matches from that taping included uh, Extreme Tiger versus Mortis before they both went on to do other things, including Tiger going on and winning multiple titles in, in AAA and Mortis going to CMLO for a bit. Um, the main event was Rey Mysterio Sr. Uh, and La Parca, or L.A. Park, taking on uh, Nicho and Phobia, his brother. And uh, there was, uh, we had a minis match that included uh, a couple guys that are, are no longer with us. Uh, uh, Espectrito and Octagoncito. Who else was in that match? Um, well, here's, here's a bit of trivia for you. So La, La Parquita was supposed to be in that match. La Parquita? But La Parca, really Park, showed up to the building and was not very happy with young La Parquita, <laughs> who apparently never actually got permission from Park to do the La Parquita gimmick. Ah, uh, big Park a no-no. Yeah, big, big lucha no-no. Uh, <laughs> and so Park uh, basically said, look, uh, you know, I respect you guys. I've worked with you guys before. But if he goes on as La Parquita, I'm not going on. Uh, well, there was a very easy decision. <laughs> and and we went and told La Parquita, dude, you know you did the wrong thing. He he had no uh, – he didn't try to argue that whatsoever. He avoided La Parca the whole time that he was there. Um, and he uh, – he, he graciously, you know, said, all right, cool. Well, it just so happens that Extreme Tiger's mask fit him very well. 
so for one night only, he was Mini Tigre uh, <laughs> in, uh, in Extreme Tiger's Mask uh, and uh, a sweater. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> a scholastic That's tiger. Great. Yeah, another another bit of trivia from the uh, original G4 pilot. Uh, the commentary was originally done in TJ uh, by Larry Rivera and uh, Chavo. No, not Chavo. Uh, man, I am blanking. Uh, Is it <laughs> No, no, yeah, yeah, Chavo, yeah, Chavo, 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 Chavo Senior, Chavo oh, Senior. Mm. <laughs> Chavo exactly. Andrew. Uh, that Rivera. ended up that that ended up not being good commentary for the network. So uh, <laughs> I can so, only imagine. Yeah. So uh, so then we attacked a guy who I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a very short-lived series out of Guadalajara that I did with Vampiro called RXLL. Yeah, what was that? Tele- about that? What, what was that? What was that about? <laughs> Uh, that was Vamp had found some people that wanted to get into wrestling and we did some tapings out in Guadalajara and then there was no more money from these people. And so nothing else happened. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty much it. It was yeah. also the only booking meeting I've ever been in in my life with people standing around with semi-automatic weapons. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> that <was> a- <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a little fascinating or unsettling or either or that- both. That was a trip. Yeah, and it, you know, and it was, it's funny because it was so nonchalant. It was just like they were just standing around, you know, hanging out, making sure nothing bad happened. But they were carrying, like, you know, semi-automatic weapons around there. <laughs> and it was just like n- no one else seemed to have a problem with it. It was just like, oh, uh, okay, sure. I guess, you know, when, when, in, when in Guadalajara. Uh, <laughs> so, um but uh, oh, so so there was a guy who actually is a is a pretty decently uh, known guy on Estrella TV these days, um, uh, named Jorge, and Jorge was uh, the host of the shows down there, and he had just moved to Los Angeles to work for uh, go to work for Estrella, and so I called him and I was like, hey, you know, I need that I need a, a new host <laughs> for this show. Um, can you come in and do it? Um, and he was like, yeah, sure, I'll come do it. And then he got there, and he was like, oh, it's in English? Yeah, no, I, no I'm not comfortable <laughs> doing it. If it was in Spanish, dude, I mean, I'm on it. So, unfortunately, uh, we were then on set with the set, with it lit, ready to go. And that was the night that many people uh, was really born as uh, Oh, Okay. As as the man behind many people ran home, got his mask and his sport coat, and uh, jumped on camera, and that became the I think the first real on camera appearance, uh, other than maybe like an indie spot here or there, of many people who became the host of the show. So this this pilot also has uh, very entertaining. It, the the show was supposed to be done. As an as an entertainment show, yes, it was lucha libre, um, but kind of like with MTV and certain things that they wanted um, from WSX, uh, G4 wanted certain things. Like for example, when guys hit big moves, a la like 1960s Batman, they wanted the names of the moves to like fly up from the screen. Uh, so. <laughs> 
so so they do. Um, and it wasn't just like the finisher. It was like mid-match. You know, guy hits a, you know, a tope conillo, and boom, there you go. Boom, across the screen, tope conillo. Uh, and then there was like little little factoids uh, similar to like uh, the, the uh, Ultimate Insight of the DVDs that I had done where like, you know, little factoids might pop up or whatever. Um, like that one show on VH1, right? That they did the pop-up video. Yeah, yeah, like pop-up, like pop-up video. Um, there were certain things that they wanted that we absolutely said no to. For example, uh, obsessed with Nacho Libre, they wanted the ropes covered in red velvet. Oh, no. I, had to, I had to explain to them that the guys couldn't perform their moves off of the ropes safely if they were covered in loose velvet. So, so that got nicked. But there were other things we had to give on, which actually brings this conversation full circle to why Kickstarter. So G4 wanted to have their thumbprints on the show I brought them. No problem. They're paying for it. Uh, MTV, look, they put $3.5 million behind, you know, a wrestling idea. So they got their say in it. Um, But this time around, I really wanted to bring a network, something that was completed in our vision of what a good quality wrestling show can look and feel like before they decide, well, what if this, what if that? And so that's why we're taking the Kickstarter and trying to raise the money um, this way through crowdsourcing or fan sourcing so that we can complete a pilot that we know is going to be something that the wrestling fans like and that we're happy with. And then we can shop it to the networks and, you know, if after that there's requests for changes here or there, then that's something we can consider. But we don't have to kind of, for lack of a better way of putting it, bastardize the product from day one because it's the network's money. So yes. that's kind of why Kickstarter. Very cool. And uh, what is the Kickstarter uh, site? Uh, so and you, you can go. I'll post go a link to it on the on the yeah. site. Oh, okay. yeah, yes. you, you can yeah, post has, a direct a direct link. I will gladly send you the link. Or if anyone is my my friend on Facebook, they will they're probably sick of me posting the link right now. Yeah, but I think uh, it's a really long link. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, you can you so can, you can recite go, it here like a poem, like Kublai Khan or something like that. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah, gotcha. you can you can just go to Kickstarter.com, which is easy enough to remember, and just type in uh, Viva La Lucha or Viva La Lucha. Either one works. Just put in uh, a couple of keywords. Yeah, I think even Master Public um, will bring it up as well. Uh, we definitely need the help. Um, we are still way far away from reaching our goal. Now, here's the other thing with Kickstarter and why, why we chose Kickstarter. Because there are other sites out there that help you raise funds. Um, but those sites basically work with, you know, you say, I want to raise X. And even if you only raise 10% of X, you get the money. Well, the problem with that is that that doesn't guarantee that the project is going to get done because if I only raise 10% of the money, I have to still go out and find the other 90%. And what if I can't find the 90%? Then the 10% that I raised that people have pledged and, and given me, whatever happens to their money. And the great thing with Kickstarter, um, you know, for, for, the, for the fans and for the people that back it to feel confident is that Kickstarter is all or nothing. Um, if we don't raise $60,000 or more, we get nothing. And when you go and pledge or back the project today, like your credit card gets authorized for a dollar. They just want to make sure it's a legit credit card. 
And if the campaign is successful because we get more than $60,000 or $60,000 back, then on that day that the campaign closes, which is like 34 days from today when we're recording, um, then, uh, then everybody's cards get charged and, and we, get our, we get our money after it comes safely through Kickstarter. Um, so there's really there's, – there's no real risk of, oh, what happens if they only get part of the money? Like, it's, it's all or nothing. It's on us. Um, so if we only raise $59,000, um, you know, that, that's it. Uh, nothing, right. nothing will happen. Nothing will get made. Um, the other thing that we want to make sure that people kind of feel confident in and guaranteed is we're going to make this happen, and it's going to happen in a timely manner if people back it. Um, you know, our, our campaign closes right at the, uh, at the end of June, and we're guaranteeing people that if we get this done, we will shoot, edit, and distribute this product uh, you know, before the end of this year. There have been some other Kickstarters in the past where people have, have funded successfully, and then it drags on and on and on to get the product done. That's not going to happen here. Um, and our track record of having produced television, having produced pay-per-views, having produced DVDs, all things that have to be produced and come out in a timely manner to meet schedules, um, I think kind of hopefully gives people the confidence in, in backing us and that, you know, if you do, you're going to see what you've been promised in a timely manner. Plus, I think if you look at the talent that's backing us, that's out there, from Conan to Sean Waltman to the Adam Pierces of the world, and they're saying, hey, we are part of this product. And I, I'm, I'm so I'm flattered to have Conan going out there and doing interviews and Waltman going out there and doing interviews and, and really trying to help make this thing happen. I think the fact that they have faith in us to deliver, I don't think they're going to want to put their names on, on a product or with a group of people that uh, you know, they feel will screw the fans over. So um, you know, I hope that, that people see our path and these guys, and go, you know what? Yeah, let's do this. Let's try to make this show happen. Let's, you know, give our $10 or $15 or whatever. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, get, this, sounds get like a, this sounds like a fun show to support, and we want to urge all our Slam and Stan Lucha World visitors, uh, you know, cash in on some of this, because you not only do you get a really fresh product out there, they're trying to do something new, but you can, can reap a lot of rewards for a uh, you know pretty minimal price, yeah. And the five thousand yeah, uh, VIP trip sounds pretty tempting. If I had that, I'd go for it right now. <laughs> you know, you know, Conan would beat you in TJ. It's still be bitching. <laughs> I but because I could be flown from Orange County to San Diego. That's why. Yes, that's yeah. why it would be I, so I would gladly honor that. <laughs> you know, yes. Kevin, tell us a little. Do bit you think? About do something. you think Conan? Do you think Conan would be willing to greet me at the airport like? With a Viking hat with on or something like that? With, with, a sign that, with a sign that says, Kurt? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I, if, you, if you pledge $5,000, I will make him. <laughs> <laughs> will you be there at the airport with him, twisting his arms so that we can all see it? That Probably would be so. worth $5,000. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> Conan, we're going to the airport so we can go to Iran. I don't think you guys would get to TJ, you know. I think you guys would be busy in Iran. That's the, right. You've know, got a lot to do there. Well, in fact, you know, we're talking Conan. Is this kind of the brainstorm of both you and Conan or one of you more than the other? Like, we all just kind of sitting back one night just, uh, you know, 
shooting back no, some um, uh, shots or just <laughs> no, unfortunately. Um, no, honestly, this this is this is something that I said. Ruben and I started, you know, this this plan for this mass republic development um, a, a few years ago, and then mm-hmm. it was it. The idea for doing a Viva Ele Lucha show was kind of uh, it, it was it came from hey let's let's do a television show in LA that could highlight our development guys from Northern California and Southern California, and and we started playing around with this idea well over a year ago, um, but only recently did we kind of take the, the the step back and as these plans for AAA to come to the U.S. came about. We started thinking about their need for talent, started thinking about the WWE and TNA's need for talent. Um, and, you know, and Conan and I talk often, um, and, you know, I know the types of guys that he's looking for. Um, a, a few years ago, probably before I moved to Northern California, so maybe about three, three and a half years ago now it might have been even, um, I had organized a tryout in Los Angeles for AAA, where a number of wrestlers from around California came and and uh, and tried out, um, and you know, their plans to come to the U.S. were supposed to happen much earlier than now. Um, they kind of had some hiccups along the way, but thankfully those hiccups are are over, and they have a tremendous uh, deal and partnership now with some great big uh, Hollywood L.A. companies. Uh, that are going to do, I think, wonders for them uh, all over all over the uh, entertainment space. Um, I'm very excited to see what will happen for them because Lord knows it's time, and, and they definitely deserve it now. Um, but so, so and Conan and I have a lot of the same kind of uh, just ideas and philosophies about talent, and and you know we like a lot of the same types of of. Uh, worker rate, I guess you could say, and, and, and styles. And so um, it wasn't too long ago, actually, that, that Ruben and I presented the idea to him, and, and he liked it and said, yeah. So, I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, totally makes sense. Let's, let's do it. Um, and so uh, that's kind of where it went from there. And then I was trying to figure out, you know, who else could we tap? I wanted another, another producer, but I wanted it to be someone whose background was more on the American side. Um, and, you know, uh, just really got to thinking about it. And, and uh, Sean was actually my first choice. And I gave him a call and kind of laid out the concept to him. And, and uh, he, he was very excited uh, to do it. Um, and we are, we're very happy to have him involved. And that's the other thing. I think, like, Sean Waltman, I think, is probably because of some of, you know, the antics that he might have been known for, some of the, some of the drama of his past. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's, like, one of the most underrated minds when it comes to this business. Um, I think you, you can't live through all of the experience that he's lived through and not just have this like wealth of knowledge, but you know, there's, there's, there's two different kinds of guys, maybe more, but there's at least two different kinds of guys, uh, when it comes to the wrestling business, there are wrestlers who don't want to share and, and give knowledge because they're afraid that that's going to weaken their opportunities and their, their potential to hold on to their spot. And then there are guys that are confident enough in their own abilities and they're good enough that they aren't worried about that and they want to be teachers and they want to help people and they want to see better wrestlers and a better wrestling product. 
And Conan and Sean are both the exact same way with that. Um, and even though Sean wasn't a producer when we did Wrestling Society X, uh, you know, he, we gave him the basic idea. He would come up with all his stuff from there. And he would talk, uh, you know, to the, young, to the younger guys. And he'd watch matches. And, and he'd see, you know, and, and, and give advice and, and constructive criticism. And he's, he's really good with that. And, and throughout the years, I've worked with him on other projects and just other random times, just, you know, catching up and talking for hours on the phone uh, and, and just hearing him. And he's just, he's just brilliant when it comes to what to do to get over and how to get over and, and, you know, I'm not a wrestler. I, I have never been a wrestler. And so I don't naturally think the way a wrestler does. And that's why whenever I do projects, um, even if I'm, quote, unquote, writing or the booker, I always like having agents or producers who are wrestlers or who, who have been wrestlers because there are the things that happen within a match that tell the story of the match that helps the heel be the heel and the baby face be the baby face and help foreshadow for other matches that I might be able to relay to the wrestlers and the, the producer the overall story of what I want. But when it comes to putting a great wrestling match together that tells a story within the ring and that has subtleties and intricacies, it really does take someone who has been in the ring to who naturally thinks that way um, to help bring these guys up and, and to help teach them how to do that. And so, you know, it, it's been great over the years to work with, uh, you know, with some of the, some of the guys who've been able to do that. And I've always wanted to, it's like, I, mean, I always wanted to work with Conan in some sort of a creative capacity. We've been talking about this for years and years. Waltman and I, since the XPW days have had conversations on and off um, and we've wanted to work together in a creative, uh, you know, capacity. And this is just the right time for it. Um, so we're really hoping that it comes together and the fans uh, support it and see the value in it. And uh, I think it's also just great, too, because it's going to be so different than the WWE and the TNA product. And I think that, you know, for a 10 or $15 uh, back of our project, well, you're going to get something for that money anyway, but the, the, the impossibility of helping to launch another national wrestling show, um, because we will go meet with, you know, a, a number of networks um, once we do this pilot, uh, is a real cool, real cool opportunity that hopefully people will embrace. And I hope they do, because, you know, we really could use something really fresh in the wrestling industry right now. And another reason why we want to encourage uh, the listeners to, you know, uh, put some cash down there because, uh, you know, this could be the beginning of something really wonderful. And especially with Lucha Libre having that really popular, you know, American pitch, you know, a hybrid product like you're talking about, it's probably just the right timing. And it can only be done though, if some people pitch in and hit that Kickstarter and help, and, you know, support these guys, it sounds like a really, really unique project. Yeah, it should be it should be good. It should be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is, we actually we have a network already that um, that wants to be a business of mass public. They just don't have much money. Uh, I know that if we shoot these these shows and go to this network, uh, we could probably get these shows aired nationally. 
my hope is that we can end up taking these episodes to a network that might actually be willing to pay for them <laughs> or have a little bit more money so that we can then shoot more episodes and keep it going. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I have confidence in our ability as producers and our ability to, you know, make the most out of what really is a small budget for producing so much content and, uh, and deliver a show that, uh, you know, is going to, is going to be great. I, again, I think, you know, if you look back at what Wrestling Society X was in terms of the in-ring product, and you think about, like, who we had there, you know, we broke Dragon Gate guys uh, onto the worldwide, outside of Japan television scene, um, you know, Yoshino and, and Horiguchi. People had never seen Dragon Gate wrestling uh, on a national level before. We had Jack Evans. Um, who, yes, had done some stuff in, uh, in Ring of Honor and, and early, early TNA when they were just on pay-per-view. But, you know, Jack went on from WSX to now be a semi-main eventer and house show main eventer in, in AAA. You know, we had Teddy Hart. Um, we had, uh, you know, two guys that went on to the WWE and, and Evan Bourne and in uh, an artist currently known as Seth Rollins. Um, we, we had so much great talent, and they did so much good wrestling in the ring. And uh, I really feel like if given the opportunity to do this show, we're going to blow people away with what that in-ring product looks like um, and this, you know, this hybrid of, uh, of lucha and, and traditional pro wrestling. Um, so I'm really excited to, uh, to try to do it. You know, it's funny. At first, you know, you have to go into Kickstarter – hoping that it's going to happen, but knowing that, you know, it, it may not. But I have become so passionate about this show, and I want to produce this show so badly that uh, I really, I'm going to be really bummed uh, if, uh, if we don't get support and, and can't pull this off because I really, I really think that we can produce a hell of a show. That, uh, I, that, and we that, do not want to see Kevin Kleinrock bummed. In fact, <laughs> I, think, I don't no, think I've ever want, seen him look bummed. I think he wants you, Kurt, to donate the sixty thousand now. Yes, yes, yeah. Kurt. Okay, Kurt, hold on, on one Kurt, second. Let's 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 I got, call, let's call. I got sixty three cents in my um, <laughs> Ring of Fire jeans here. Let me just check my workout bag. <laughs> let's call Doctor Lucha. Let's get Doctor Lucha on yeah, the phone. Let's make him yes, yes, yes. Let's do that. I, I yeah. Let's uh, let's hit him up. So how long how long were you? Because um, you did a lot of the the, t- the other shows prior to the Kickstarter going up. How long did they keep you waiting to like put the the project? Uh, well, it wasn't all their fault per se. Oh. <laughs> um, there were little there were little hitches along the way. Um, you have to like connect an Amazon account to the uh, uh, Amazon business account to the uh-huh. Kickstarter, and so you have to go through that process of getting the Amazon business account all set up first. Um, and then after that, there was a few, we were waiting for a few other pieces of the talent that we wanted to put in the video to be confirmed. And so it, it, it did, I, my plan was originally to launch May 1st and we ended up launching like May 22nd or something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, and I, I, I booked a bunch of those, <laughs> those appearances before that. Um, so, uh, it, I, I think, look, if you wanted to just throw up a random Kickstarter, you could throw it up you know, in a night, as long as you already oh, have okay. an Amazon payment account set up. Uh, and that was approved. Even like, though, they tell you on Kickstarter, it says that to get your Amazon payment account approved and confirmed, it could take like seven, ten days or up to seven days or something. So um, it was just a little, it was like, you know, this thing took two extra days and this thing took two extra days. And so, but we're here now. And uh, we are, we're live and active. And uh, the total campaign is, is for 40 days. 
And we're, I think they said we have got about 33 days left now, I think. And, uh, you know, if, uh, uh, you know, we we want to make it. So spread the word. It's an, and, it uh, is in motion. It is in motion, ladies and gentlemen. And, if you can't uh, back, spread the word. I'm sorry. We got, we got to spread just, the word. Said, Come on. Back <laughs> if you can. Back if you can. If you can't back, spread the word at least. Help us out. Kurt, Kurt, spread the word. Tired, I think. <laughs> no, yeah, it's been a long day, but yeah. Um, no, I, in all seriousness, I I intend to donate something towards it, and I, I hope I everybody seen, else does. We've seen a lot of the talent on this show on the list. We have actually, yeah. And I think it's going to be a quality thing. And can we have you back maybe uh, halfway through uh, the duration of the Kickstarter and? Let us know how things are going. Let us know if there's <laughs> any way we could get, get the word out even further. Because yeah, for sure, would, for sure, we would love this to work. Okay, one one talent that's not on the list yet. There's a bunch of talent that's not on the list yet. We just put out some of the talent. But one of the talents that I know you guys love, who has become a favorite of mine, uh, who will who will definitely be part of this project, is uh, Hector Canales. Oh, really? Oh, awesome! I love Hector Canales. I I with the, the first time I saw Hector Canales, I think, was we had done a pilot for uh, NWA Championship Wrestling uh, from Hollywood. The, the original pilot we did, this was like back in maybe 2008 in Hollywood, uh, right, on, right on the Sunset Strip. Um, and uh, the first, I think that was the first time I saw Hector. And, the, you know, it was one of those guys where the first time I saw him, I was like, this guy's got the look. Um, <laughs> he does. And I, and I, so true. And I, I you know, I'd seen him work, and he was a he was a fine worker. There was nothing wrong with his work, but there's nothing spectacular with his work. And then flash forward, like five years or whatever it is, and I start to see the promos that he's doing online with his manly man macho promos with his mother and his. That's my next question. That's my next question because this might this might uh, be contingent on what I put into the Kickstarter fund. Will you use his mother? Oh my God! Yes. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah, a no, necessity. No. I, am, I, I love, I love, I love everything that he's doing with this, with this gimmick. Uh, and I, I'm assuming he came up with this on his own because there's not really many people that are like you know writing for independent wrestlers who work a bunch of different shows. Um, <laughs> it's brilliant. It's so good. And it's not just the gimmick. I mean, people have done the you know, manly man who is kind of whipped by his girlfriend or his mother or his whatever, you know, gimmick before. But he's so freaking good at it. And his delivery is just like, I, I lose it every time. It's so I agree. And then, and then the latest one where you actually, I didn't think it was really his mother that was in the promos before. You just heard the voice or whatever. But the latest one that I saw that he put out, I think is the latest one, with his mother uh, oh, my Sweet. God. So, <laughs> so hilarious. So, yes, please back this show so that we can get Hector Canales' mother on. Hector Canales. Hector Canales is a wonderful worker, and on top of that, a really wonderful guy with a yeah. really mature head in the dressing room. Somebody who's such a pro and just such an open mind, too. I, we cannot say enough nice things about that cat. Yeah, so I, uh, I, yeah, he he might not be listed today on the website. You know, he'll get added hopefully as time goes on. 
Um, but uh, and mother yeah, no. and mother will get added too. Mother will get added, yeah. right? Yeah, I will. Rockin'. I will rockin'. Right, just like just like you know, we could list uh, chaos with Jezebel. We we'll, we will absolutely list uh, you know Hector Canales with his mother. <laughs> very cool, very cool. And and chaos will do the voodoo gimmick, right? I uh, I don't see. It's going to be an interesting thing with the trainers or with the um, with the other the other producers. Is that I'm not exactly sure um, how much or where they'll be in the ring. I think we might um, we might put do some like tag matches where it would be like maybe Adam and a younger worker against um, uh, like Chaos and a younger worker uh, or, or something to that effect. The other thing with the tapings is that the first when we tape this, it will be taped over two days in Los Angeles. A Saturday and a Sunday, if you, mm-hmm. if you back it and you get the iPay-Per-View, you get the iPay-Per-View both days. Um, and if you back it and you get the tickets, there's, there's like one backer, it's like tickets for one day, one backer's tickets for both days, whatever. But um, the first day's matches will be all planned out in advance. But the second day's matches are going to be determined the night of the first day after the taping by the producers. Um, basically deciding, look, you know, this is what we saw today, let's you know, let's mix this up for tomorrow. We think, you know, we want to see this guy versus this guy. Let's put these guys in the tag. Let's put these guys in in this kind of a match, and we'll go from there. So it's really going to be kind of a living, breathing taping that will evolve over the course of, of the taping. Um, because, again, it's, you know, it's about putting on the best matches possible, and it's also about helping bring these guys uh, to the next levels and, uh, you know, in giving them the opportunities to work against guys. Like, I'm, I would be really excited to see, like, Hijo de Rey Mysterio and Extreme Tiger versus the Young Bucks. Like, that would, that would be probably a spectacular match. So you're not going to see anywhere else other than on, you know, Viva La Lucha. So, you know, things like that uh, I think will be really exciting. Uh, okay, but keep in mind, uh, and trust me on this, trust me on this, Ulu Chaos will bring... You know, just the whole uh, extraterrestrial, it'll bring you up to a higher echelon of aura, I guarantee you. But, but, but now with, 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 with no Rixoplex now, with Voodoo Chaos, who is going to be there to, to be able to handle and hone uh, and make sure that that, that that chaos doesn't go out of control? That's a question that you guys have to answer on the screen. I think there might have to be. What's Lucky Pierre doing these days? You know, Lucky Pierre would really love to handle and discipline somebody. I, I think so. <laughs> I, think I, I don't I think you want to add up. Lucky Pierre to this. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. In fact, earlier when you said you're looking for wrestlers, that can go both ways. Were you <laughs> thinking of Lucky Lucky Pierre in that respect too? Or, you know, because oh no, I, I think I think like Jello, there's always room for Lucky Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> you so rock! Oh man, you uh, you get a, a, a cyber high five for me, man. Thank you. <laughs> That's one of the nicest things anybody said to me. <laughs> Kevin, well, we, 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 oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Fredo. Uh, Kevin, have you guys already picked out the 15 AAA wrestlers? Uh, no, uh, most of it's going to depend on who has visas at that point. Oh, okay. Um, the, 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 like the entire roster is getting visas. Um, uh-huh. but it's just a matter of exactly 
who okay. has who has visas at that point. So um, we didn't want to release the list yet because we want to you know, have it as packed as possible. Uh, I know that there are, there are a few people who uh, you know definitely want to see Aerostar. Or, uh, you know, uh, I, some people I know want to see, you know, Jack Evans return to the United States and, you know, different people. So um, we, want to, we want to make sure that we can give the, the best list possible. So uh, as, as once, you know, when we get, um, when we hopefully get funded, then uh, that list will be released. And uh, it, it might be as many as 20 wrestlers, but it'll be at least 15 wrestlers to choose from. And then uh, the people who back it uh, at those levels will, will be able to vote. What about the UK wrestlers? Did you? you do so, they have visas? <laughs> what was that? Do they have visas already? The UK guys are still not sure. Um, the the we don't have to worry about it so much with the UK guys. Um, but uh, we we can over we the can, border. <laughs> we can apply. Um, we can apply for visas in time for guys. Uh, but because of the other business that AAA has going on, they they have yeah, a, yeah. all the visas kind of you know in process already. Um, so, uh, but from the UK, actually, um, Fighting Spirit Magazine and, uh, the, the editor who's on Twitter at FSM underscore editor, um, they're doing a, a kind of a fan poll right now to make the list for us. They're asking all the, uh, all the UK fans, um, who they think should, you know, get this opportunity and then they're going to compile the list and then, uh, we'll, we'll be able to have that for everyone to vote on as well. Um, there are definitely some early, uh, I'd say, front runners uh, in guys like El Aguero, whose basically really gimmick is that he is a luchador, uh, but he's he's spectacular. He's yeah, really, he's really good. good. Um, uh, Johnny Storm, who I think technically is still the reigning XPW European champion, never <laughs> having lost the belt despite it hanging on my wall in the office. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, so there's definitely some names that we're hearing over and over again uh, and seeing, but... Um, I'm really excited because part of, aside from all this, um, one of our missions for Mass for Public right now is expanding our operations into Europe, um, first by way of the UK. So this is kind of the first small step in, uh, in that is kind of this olive branch and, and starting to, uh, you know, work some of the UK talent um, that, uh, that people in the U.S. haven't necessarily seen live and in person and that people in Mexico uh, haven't seen live and in person. Um, into the mass public world. So this is the, the first step in that. Very cool. Well, hey, we want to thank you for uh, filling us in on this tonight. And yeah, if we could talk maybe in another two weeks and let us know yeah, how it's all great. going. And, and if there's a, you know, send us an email or send, let us know if there's anything else we could do to get the word out. Cool. I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, I, I just want to re- I just want to reiterate again to everyone, like I don't, I, if all you can give is a dollar or all you can give is $10, then please, it's, we, we're going to need all that support um, because $60,000 is, is a lot of money to raise. Um, and so don't be, don't be afraid to throw in a few bucks if, if that's what you can. And, uh, you know, on, on top of that, if you can't give any money, and believe me, there have been points in my life where the last thing I was able to do was to donate to a Kickstarter – um, I'm happy that now I can, and I've supported a number of wrestling documentaries and, and other things um, on Kickstarter. But if you can't, just spread the word. Tell everyone about it. Um, you know, tell people you think it's a cool idea, and, and you know, spread the link out via your, you know, Facebook and your Twitter and your friends at indie shows. And uh, you know, sp- 
spread the word. It, it helps just, just the same. Totally awesome. Okay, we'll we talk to you in a few. Kevin, plug your right, uh, ahead, Twitter Kevin. and everything that you have. Yeah. You can follow Maps Republic on Twitter at ask, at, at. Tongue tied already. <laughs> You're like me now. Max. It's contagious. At Max, M A S K E D, Max Republic. And you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, you can find us at Max Republic. You can go to our website, MaxRepublic.com, which I don't know uh, if either of you ever hang out on MaxRepublic.com, but we like making MaxRepublic.com kind of a portal to the wrestling world. And uh, if you go to MaxRepublic.com, right down the front page under Lucha News, you can always see what's going on on Lucha World and then click to see any of their great articles and podcasts right there off the Master Public website. Awesome. And uh, so go check out the Master Public website um, and you can see all the other stuff that we've got going on, um, including our very cool store, LuchaShop.com. We can get cool officially licensed T-shirts. These are not knockoffs that people sell outside arenas with the rest of us getting no money. <laughs> These are officially licensed. The only officially licensed Conan T-shirt. Um, and other officially licensed gear and stuff. Um, so check it out. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate you guys uh, giving us the time to talk about Viva Evolution. And we appreciate you having on, uh, coming on. So thank you so much, Kevin. And we will talk to you in a few weeks. And thank you, Hepcats, who tuned in to listen to this exciting new project. Hope all is well out there. Hare Krishna. We will talk to you soon.